Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss modern-day Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering Emma Approved, I'm Jillian Davis. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. Keep up with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Pemberley. You can help support our running costs on patreon.com slash thepemberley. And if you have any questions or comments, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everybody. The episodes I'll say, they made me sad, Yolanda. Yeah, the Emma-approved episodes that we're going to be talking about, there's a lot that happens. But before we get into those episodes, we're going to talk about the books that we're currently reading. Huzzah! So what are you currently reading, Jillian? We basically keep recommending books to each other yeah. and then actually reading them. <laughs> yeah. So I'm reading Next Year in Havana, which you recommended last yeah. time. And it is a very good book. I haven't finished it yet, but like you said before, in case anyone missed that episode, it's basically about this young woman who um, her grandmother was Cuban and she escaped during the revolution in the 50s and her grandmother has now died. And so she's going back to Havana to scatter her ashes and she sort of goes on a personal quest while she's there of like Mm self-discovery and we also flash back to the grandmother's time to see how she lived she was like a very the daughter of a sugar baron in Havana like she was very well to do and she had sort of this secret romance with a guy and they just started so I don't know what becomes of it sure it seems very cool and it's very good and it sounds very beautiful what are you reading Yolanda I'm reading the book that you recommended <laughs> last time and tell I, us about you it. actually lent me the book I'm reading the kiss quotient yes you are <laughs> it has ruined dating I think forever <laughs> Um, because there's not gonna be anyone who can compare to Michael. I'm relieved to hear you say that because we were texting about this the other day and it's funny because everyone who I know who's read this book was like it was a problem for me because I couldn't put it down. Yes. I was like nah it was a problem for me. (laughs) I kept reading it instead of working and sleeping and eating. And just to reiterate it is an an adult book. Oh yeah. So I would not recommend reading it if that's not for you. Michael is our protagonist. He's the male escort who is teaching our heroine Stella how to be quote unquote good at sex. Yes and she is autistic so she is very aware of like the issue she has in with intimacy mm-hmm. so that's why she's hired Michael to kind of help her with that because Michael typically has this rule of like one session one night only kind of thing. Um, Stella she's like paying for more sessions mm-hmm. they start to naturally build up this relationship even though it's like this arrangement that yeah. you know between them so it's a tricky situation where lines get blurred and like what's gonna happen between them and yeah again michael's like the most caring person ever yeah Um, he's perfect and i like he's my next boyfriend end of story yeah like (laughs) it's it's so it was i read it and i'm like i wonder if guys actually think this way i wonder if guys actually are this way because it isn't lost on me that this book is written by a woman like it's i mean there's all these like male romance characters in these books who are you're like no one's actually like this right yeah, yeah. and you're like well maybe not because these are all wi- written by women yeah <laughs> i think of um anna and the french kiss too by stephanie perkins who also has written you know lola and the boy next door like all these different books who also have like these dreamy guys in them mm-hmm. that just like are perfect yeah they're perfect if you want so, to read about a dreamy boyfriend <laughs> read the kiss quotient because your dreamy boyfriend is michael and he's dreamy and he's perfect 
So we don't have any new book recs. This no, time nothing around. new. Just emphasis that what we're reading is in fact very good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing that next time we will have new recommendations because by that time we'll be done with these books. Yes, we will. It'll be great. And yeah. we'll tell you about all the new stuff to read. Yeah. In the meantime, just stick with these because we're right. <laughs> <laughs> we're our own little two-person book club. Exactly. So with that, let's jump into the Emma Approved episodes at hand. So previously on Emma Approved, Harriet had received a video from Martin asking her out. So she rushes to Emma's office asking her for advice about what to do. Also, Ryan Weston, the Cupcake CEO, tweeted a glowing recommendation of Emma Approved's matchmaking services for a certain young, attractive, and single senator to see. But of course, his tweet was to no one in particular. No one in particular. For the universe to (laughs) enjoy. So let's then start with episode 15, Ambition and Fruition, written by Tracy Bitteroff. Yeah, this takes place mere moments after watching Martin's video. And it's a very lovely video. He sits there, he made a couple of cranes, and he's like... He explains each one, and Harriet's just so confused right now she rushes to emma is like what do i do and that's where we left off and that's where we pick up and i will say it's very sweet it it reminds me of like those promposals that kids are doing where like (laughs) you ask someone out and like i totally get wanting to be special it's just a little over the top it's a little much well i I guess that's why she freaked out because she was like this is a serious deal this isn't just a casual like hey let's get coffee because that would i think that would not warrant a rushing into your boss's office being like what do i do exactly but well first of all we need to acknowledge that emma's hair is very on point it's beautiful it's shiny she's always gorgeous but i don't know what it is about this video i'm like oh my gosh joanna you are looking so stunning in this outfit anyway but she's freaking out because, I mean, in a way, he does, even though he he meant to be very sweet and very personal, he did kind of set it up to have, like, a lot of pressure. And yeah. what sucks is I think Harriet's conflict lies in the fact that she wants to say yes, but she's worried of Emma disapproving of her choice because she's reached the point where she cares so deeply about what Emma thinks of her. Yeah, she's become so dependent on what Emma's plan for her life is that she can't make a decision without Emma. I mean, from Harry's perspective, Emma has helped her so much with her confidence. She got her this amazing job working for someone that she admires, Emma, (laughs) and is building up her confidence. And I'm sure Harriet can notice a difference in her own life of like, yeah, you know, like I'm out of college. I have this great job. I'm wearing high heels and like everything's going great. So like, why wouldn't I follow this person I admire so much? Follow her advice to a T. And this is where Emma pulls her car trick. She demonstrated in the last episode where she says, all you have to do is make someone believe it was their idea. Like, I think you'd look in a silver car instead of a red car. And so she goes through the motions of like yeah. showing her how to, how to manipulate someone into making a decision that you made, but they thought it was theirs. She's like, well, let me ask you this. Do you want to date someone who's ambitious and this and who's that and who's this? Like basically all the qualities that Martin doesn't have. She's like, don't right. you want this person? That's such an interesting question that she brings up because she, she asks... Harriet, well, what are Martin's ambitions? And Harriet doesn't know that. Because they're like, not great. dating. Well, yeah, <laughs> that. And I'm like, they've only had very surface level conversations about IT. Yeah. Like about her computer. And like, I'm sure like, how are you? How's your day? And that sort of thing. Like, 
they're not going to get into the deep stuff in like the 10 minutes or however long they see each other every day, you know? So the fact that she doesn't know that is fine. Yeah. And, it's but, like, very normal not to know anything about <laughs> the person you're not dating. <laughs> yeah. But like Emma really zeroes in on that and she's like, well, someone without goals isn't really a man. He sounds like he's more of a boy. Oh, but he's still sweet and kind. Well, does being sweet and kind align with your goals? Helping the world is ambitious. Someone like that needs an equally driven partner. That one really got me. Because, that hurts. Well, and, <laughs> and here's the other thing. Like, Emma says, can you list some of his qualities? And she's like, he's kind and he's thoughtful. Like, she's listing very excellent qualities that honestly not a lot of guys, especially not a lot of guys his age, have. And yeah. Emma's like, so that's nice, but like he's not ambitious. Like he, he doesn't have big dreams, then he's not worth your time. And she just puts so much pressure on saying yes to like a day. So does that mean to Emma that ambition outweighs kindness? It sounds like it, yeah. I mean like she just has this very specific, maybe like in Emma's mind, um, Harriet doesn't really need someone who's kind because she's already kind. And so, so she's the sweet one, yeah. docile one in the relationship, and she needs a man to be like the leader and yeah. ambitious one because she's trying to get Harriet to that point too. And so She wants her like, to level up. Yeah. yeah. She's ignoring other perfectly good qualities that I think in some ways outweigh ambition, you yeah. know? Like, I mean, you can be ambition in a, ambitious in a lot of different ways, but if you're not a good person, then what yeah, is it worth? Awful. Well, know? the one thing that Emma brings up in talking about Martin is like, does he meet your requirements? And it's like, what are Harriet's requirements? It's not like... Harriet has said her list on camera, or maybe it was like an off-camera exercise that they did together. Mm -hmm. It feels like no matter what kind of list Harriet has, this was the list that Emma put in front of her to be like, and these are the qualities you should look for in a man. Do you agree, Harriet? Yeah, I agree, Emma. Yeah. Great. This is what you need to follow. <laughs> well, because she and Martin have such natural chemistry that I think yeah. she didn't think about a list. No. She didn't think about her requirements. She was just like, I like this guy we get along together, why wouldn't I get to know him, you know? And I just feel like Emma puts, like, this a thousand pound weight on her decision because she basically says, like, as long as you are absolutely 100% completely confident in your decision. Completely confident? Yes, no doubts at all. What if I have a few little doubts? No doubts are allowed when you're confident. Zero doubts. I can't doubts. think of a single person on planet Earth I would have zero doubts about well, saying yes to a date with. Well, any decision, any life decision yeah. that you're making, like, no matter what, you have, like, well, maybe I shouldn't do this right now. But, like, you're like, well, I gotta do something today. So yeah, like, <laughs> you go out and do it anyways. I and feel so. like the point of dating is to get to know somebody. And Emma's asking Harriet questions about Martin she doesn't know yet they haven't hung out she's asking asking her these questions in a way of like he's just proposed mm -hmm. and you need to say yes or no to marriage right yeah, now that's what it sounds like which is insane i'm looking at this like oh my gosh why don't you just like go to coffee <laughs> yeah. go to dinner see what happens well that's the thing too i mean martin didn't exactly make plans it was just like do you want to go on this journey with me yeah that was it's like, not like hey do you want to like tomorrow after work go for dinner go for coffee or something like that he was like Hey, but how about life? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No Let's one just hang out for life. <laughs> no one's like casual about dating no. in this world. Everyone's <laughs> like, this is your new person. You must dedicate your life to them, yeah. even though you haven't shared a meal or anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very heavy handed. But yeah, Emma does overwhelm Harriet with 
all of these questions to the point where Harriet cannot make a decision. And she just like has an emotional breakdown. She's like, I'm not confident about my decision. I'm not confident about my doubts. And just Emma caresses her into her bosom and is like, there, there, Harriet. Now that I've broken you down, (laughs) let me make the decision for you, basically. Well, and Harriet, I mean, she kind of comes to the conclusion. She's like, well, I have doubts. So I guess that's a no. Exactly. It's like this black or white decision of like, I have these doubts, therefore mm-hmm. I have to say no. Yep. It's Emma set her up to do to say that. And then she follows up with, Great, now that you, on your very own, <laughs> made that very independent decision, I'm going to tell you that you're right. I think Harriet made the wrong decision because yeah. it was so much harder for her to say no than it would have been for her to say yes. It feels like there were so many Emma doubts to why she rejected Martin, but there were so many like personal reasons why she was like, I want to say yes. Like with everything in me, I want to say yes. And well, I think they have such chemistry. Yeah. If they had met outside of this office, outside of Emma's influence, like they would have hung out. They would have just been together and that would have been fine. But because Emma, and also because Emma specifically has taken Harriet on as a secret client, Emma's made it her job, literally her job to like be involved in every aspect of Harriet's life. So that's where it gets tricky and the lines get blurred. She's not letting her date. She's like, this is your new life partner. This man is not acceptable. This boy, not this man, this boy is not acceptable. With the poker and the birds and (laughs) the IT. She she makes her say no, but then, then she gets a phone call from a Mr. Senator Elton. And as we know... It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. Yes, and how can I help you, Senator Elton? Absolutely, you call the right woman. That's my specialty. What a quick response. This guy was like, yeah, I want a wife. <laughs> so yeah, like, I, want a, I want one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and my friend Ryan with the cupcake said, you're good. Are you good? And she's like, I'm the best. Yeah, so exactly. She calls her up and they, they're going to have a phone orientation the next week. Emma got what she wanted. I mean, I think yeah. in a way she feels vindicated because she's like well that was hard for Harriet but I just got her her new guy I got her her new perfect dream man and I got the most high profile client I've ever had yeah senator this is such a great day for Emma she got a famous politician man for her client that's fun let's jump into episode 16 giving thanks also written by Tracy Bitteroff this episode is basically the aftermath of Harriet rejecting Martin. And yeah. it, I mean, I was watching this and I was openly moaning. And <laughs> I was like, no, because oh, she was like, I couldn't sleep all night. Yeah, I, I mean, feel awful. The episode starts with Emma still justifying her actions of like, yeah, Martin wasn't a good match for her and I'm still right. So things are great. And then Harriet comes in and she just looks like she's tired and she looks awful she looks because awful. she's probably like been crying all night honestly and that sucks doesn't it like don't isn't that a sign that you've made the wrong decision that like you're up all night and you can't sleep and i bet her stomach is in knots that's why it's like more like a breakup than just like rejecting one date i know that shouldn't be a big deal, but no. it's a very big deal. It's a v- Harriet shouldn't feel that awful. Like she yeah. should, if Emma's decision was the right decision, 
she would wake up and be like, you know what? That was for the best. I'm glad that happened. Emma was right. I'm so glad to have Emma in my life. But <laughs> Emma's in- the only life partner I need. Yeah. <laughs> but instead she's like, I did. I don't know what I just did. And I still feel awful. And I'm always going to feel awful. And is this dating? And that's such an awful setup for dating. You're not supposed to just feel awful forever. <laughs> so Emma's making her just have this distorted view of what dating should be and it's like this black or white of like this guy is perfect for me or he's not and he's got to fall into one of those two buckets and that's not what life is it's not like this person is either perfect for me or it's nobody nobody's like perfect for anyone because nobody's perfect the whole point is finding someone whose issues you can deal with the best And I mean, like, my heart was broke. I mean, like, Harriet left, and I was like, oh, I feel bad for her. Yeah, but and then... And then Martin walks in, and he's like... I guess that means my job here's done. Gone so soon. Well, it was nice having you around. Thank you. I really liked getting to meet everyone here. And yeah, there's no reason for Martin to be there, but he wanted an excuse to be there. So he's like, yeah, just checking on the things I already set up. Everything's still working? Cool. <laughs> but then he does the sweetest thing. He's like, I got... Because remember, when he first met Emma, he was like, you should get a wrist cushion to prevent carpal tunnel. And she's like, thanks, whatever. And he's like, I got you this wrist cushion. And is that not the sweetest thing you've ever heard of? He doesn't know Emma that well. No. She's barely... I mean, he's like a freelance contractor, so she's like barely his boss. And now... And he's like well, giving her wrist cushions. I like- the little bit of doubt that you see in Emma's eyes of when she looks at the camera like, oh, this was actually really thoughtful of Martin. An ambitious man wouldn't do that. (laughs) He's like kind and caring. Like he cares about all people. And I just feel like Emma really overlooks that. Yeah. And he has that really sweet line before he goes of. I hope you know how much Harriet respects you, Miss Woodhouse. She really loves working for you. Take good care of her for me. He wants her to be looked after even yeah. though she rejected him. He just cares about her. He can't help his little heart. Again, I think they've known each other for like maybe a week. Yeah. Like- Still, like, oh yeah. I, I am <laughs> the totally- The timeline, yeah. I am totally in the belief that everyone's overreacting. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I get that they like each other, but first of all, he was over the top when he asked her out. She was over the top the way she thought about saying no to him. Yep. They're both a little over the top about the reaction about her rejecting him. But here we are. Yeah. Feeling everything. They're just very, they're young. They're, they're young and they, in love. They fell in love very quickly without realizing it and, or telling each other. The whole thing was very Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, exactly. They're lucky to be alive. <laughs> Ugh, um, look at him. He's got a loose tie. Ugh, he, he also looks awful because he's just like tired. And then, so we get quite the revolving door of characters. We get a strapping young man with a jacket walk in. And actually for a split second, I was like, oh, I didn't know we met the senator in this episode, but it was nightly. <laughs> he came in, he was wearing a night nice suit. And he, <laughs> this is the other part that broke me as a human being because he's like, I know something you don't. And she's like, ooh, what is it? He's like, there's an inner office romance. And this is my favorite part. She's like, who? This yeah. company of three and a half people, like three people and an independent contractor. And she's like, ooh, who's in the office romance? Was it like the plant and the <laughs> other plant? Uh, and he's like, it's Harriet and Martin. Where do you get your news from, the Pony Express? That happened days ago. She already turned him down. 
really? I thought that was a no-brainer. They seem really good together. And as she's talking and explaining why they're not right for each other, he's piecing together the fact that like, wait, this isn't just you not liking Martin. This is part of your greater scheme to like take over Harriet's life. This is you being her matchmaker and not her friend and not her boss. Yeah. So this isn't just, hey, these two aren't right for, for each other. This is like her greater plan for Harriet's life to match her with a senator, apparently. Her meddling. Yeah. And he's really pissed off at her. Yeah. He's like, he doesn't take it lightly at all, which no one can take anything nope. lightly. Uh -huh. <laughs> but also, I mean, she's messing with the life in, of an employee without her consent. Yeah. And that's like a major thing, too. Yeah. So who's HR in this company? They don't have HR. <laughs> so that's where things get dangerous. Yep. You need HR. If they had an HR person, none of this would be happening. Nope. <laughs> there would be no story there would be no emma approved no. if it were if there were hr that's very funny yeah no i mean like he berates her he's like emma she liked him you'd have to be blind not to see that i'm sorry i didn't realize you were the relationship expert in this partnership whether she liked him or not harry knows she's going places in this world and b martin did not fit into that plan period he leaves and he's like i can't even look at you right now i mean that's insane nightly's previously said like harriet's fine just the way she is and let's just something that Emma will not accept because she's like, no, Harriet is better, can be better than that. And she sees her as such a mini Emma. She's like, no, she needs to be me. I see her as a mini me, so I have to make her me. And whatever ambitions and desires that Emma has, she's trying to just push that onto Harriet and have her follow that same route. I don't know if, like, eventually Harriet will take over Emma Proof. Like, they're not that much younger. <laughs> so no. It's not she's like, like she's, like, grooming she's her like to be five CEO. years older than her. Yeah, exactly. These past two episodes, like, broke me in half. Yeah, I mean, as yeah. As a fangirl. <laughs> Knightley is so upset. He, yeah, he, like as you said, he can't even look at her. And now they have Thanksgiving break, basically. So I know. It'll, it'll be, like, a few days before they all see each other again. So, and they're about, but I mean, they're about to get their exciting new client. And yeah. I should be excited, but I'm like, you're the one who shoved out B-Mart. How <laughs> dare you? You don't even, he, this poor guy hasn't done anything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's not a poor guy, but like, right now he's just an innocent bystander yep. in Emma's convoluted, you know, Emma's a lot like Mrs. Bennet. She makes the convoluted plans. Yeah, I mean, she wants to get all her daughters married and is doing everything possible so yeah. emma Even does sending her 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 favorite daughter out into the rain without a carriage emma that's and what we're dealing with here. emma and mrs bennett would get along so great they would like scheme over tea and i would love i would like pay big money to, like <laughs> the discussions that would yeah. ensue so let's go to the comments then. Jumping to the comments section where we read original YouTube comments from when these episodes first aired. Starting with episode 15, Quill Cafe says, Emma approved. More like manipulative Emma. Burn! <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those comments they were trying to burn Emma and it's like, Mm, more, more like uh, manipulative. And more like evil, Emma. Ha. Ha, take that. It's very yeah. funny. You can't kiss ghosts, says, because you have to be 100% sure that a person is who you want to be with forever before you can start dating them. Thank you. I'm glad you can kiss ghosts. Seize it my way. You are not supposed to know everything about a person before you <laughs> date them unless you invest heavily in cyber stalking and even such you don't learn everything about them. You learn everything about their profile. Yeah. Not that I know from experience. I'm just saying. <laughs> Lamont Knight says, this right here, this is a terrible thing. 
Asking someone on a first date is not the same thing as committing to them to be in a romantic relationship. For Emma to imply that it's not okay to even initiate any kind of relationship while having doubts isn't what dating is for. To learn about a person and overcome those doubts, I'm going to be mad at you for a while, Emma. I'll forgive you later. I feel the same way. Yeah. Sebastian says, I'd hate to be with someone like Martin, and clearly so would Emma. That doesn't mean he isn't right for Harriet, though. Emma is projecting her own desires onto Harriet. Mm. Yeah. Just, therein lies the problem. Just because someone is not right for you doesn't mean they're not right for someone else. Everyone in this show needs HR yep. and therapy. <laughs> An HR person would solve so many things. So many. Episode 16, Juliet says, this episode was tough to watch. Which means it was brilliantly adapted. Yes, kudos, Tracy. Uh, Michael says, Aw, what a fantastic episode. Knightley's good opinion means so much to her, but she tries to pretend it doesn't. Yeah, and he's he's Darcy-esque in the way he's like, my good opinion once lost is lost forever. Mm. Like, maybe not forever, but like, you don't want to fall out of Knightley's graces because he does think highly of people. Yeah, and I mean, she hears what he has to say, but ultimately is like, no, no, no. They'll all come around yeah. to what I really think. They will all bow down to yeah, me. Yeah, she's still not convinced that she's wrong. Deborah says, I agree with Knightley. If you never settle, you'll forever be alone. Think that never occurred to Emma before he said that. Yep. I mean, she is sing- alone. I mean, she's single. She's single. and Is she's- it because no one's good enough for her? I mean, she's dedicated herself to matchmaking and her work is her life. I guess it's hard to look at other people and think that person would be right for me. Sure. Yeah. She's always in that mentality of like, this person is right for this person and like always never thinking about them for her. Yeah. Yeah. Lou Lizabel says, this was such a great episode. I love that it showed Emma's more vulnerable side. And although she's not ready to listen to it yet, it's nice to be able to see it more. She genuinely doesn't want people to be unhappy. And she seems genuinely moved by the fact that they are, especially Knightley's disapproval of her actions. Hold on, Emma, you're in for a very bumpy ride. (laughs) Yeah, the worst has not even happened yet. No, but yeah, she has gone through a bit of an emotional roller coaster with this one and like... I mean, yeah, as you said, it was like a revolving door of characters between Harriet and Martin and Knightley and seeing like all the repercussions of like all those things. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, she's she's having to like make these decisions for people and then seeing the aftermath of them immediately. Yep. So, yeah, so hopefully in the next, I mean, in these next coming episodes, we'll finally hear more about Senator James Elton as their new client. So that'll I, be exciting. I need to feel happier. Like, I feel no happiness now watching <laughs> this show. It's I need all to, sad. I need the happiness. Sad things. It'll get better. Good. This episode has been Pemberley Podcast Approved. Approved.